0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Spill the Tape podcast. I'm your host, Cashlin, and today I'm joined by... Josh. This week we learned all about visual impairments.
1: We learned more about what it's like to be visually impaired f- from one of our own podcast members, Cashlin, who's sitting right beside me. And we interviewed her earlier in this week. Let's listen and see what she had to say. Hello everyone, it's Hannah. I'm Summer. I'm Shane. And tonight we are joined by He who is one of our... Well, the members. So, how uh, are you tonight, Cashlyn?
0: Can you tell us a bit about yourself? I'm good. Um, I, hi, I'm Cashlyn. I'm 14 and I'm a member of the Spill the podcast and I also do photography and take photos of the different events and classes that go around in studio Two. and I'm also visually impaired. So, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. What does it mean to be partially sighted? To be partially sighted it well it means a bunch of different things it basically just the simple answer is that you don't have 20/20 vision you don't see as well as people who might not take glasses or contacts is there anything that has helped your eyesight uh i wear glasses full time now that help me see it's well it's they're not really normal glasses they've a very thick prescription kind of suited to my vision Um, But I can also wear contacts. It's an option. And I used to wear them, but I wouldn't wear them as much now. I've got a bunch of different operations. I got one recently that helped my right eye. Uh, My right eye used to turn in and I got it turned out. And they also fixed the nystagmus that I had. So that will help me see better now. Um, And then I've had a bunch of other ones um, just from when I was born, really sounds painful definitely
1: it really does honestly a lot of healing time a lot of time in hospital i really would not when i have any operations on my eyes because that is like the worst poking my eye is like the worst pain i've ever felt in my life
0: i got lucky when i got most of my operations i was really young so i don't remember a lot of them but just the one recently i definitely remember See
1: during your operations, did you have to keep your eyes open? Like, Were you fully conscious under anesthetic or
0: were you asleep? So my recent operation, I went down twice. The first time I was asleep and the second time I was awake so I could feel what they were doing and stuff and it was definitely like the strangest thing I've ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had a lot when you were younger. So were you born with it or what age did you get
2: diagnosed and stuff?
0: Uh, When I was born yeah since then I had I was born with cataracts and that was that's the main reason that I have difficulties with my vision and then obviously I got them removed and it grew back and I had a bunch of different complications which led to my other operations. What's cataracts? It's like an kind of like an an infection in your eye and it, it grows. It is more common in older people but uh, you can get it removed, uh, but I was very unlucky that it grew back in my left eye, so I had to do it again. You've previously told us you're colorblind. Can you tell us more about it? I, yeah, I went colorblind almost three years ago now, and we still have no idea what happened. I used to be able to see colour, and it went really weird at first, so... The grass was purple and the sky was, I don't know, yellow. Um, And then it went completely. So I only see in in black and white now, like an old movie. But nobody knows how, nobody knows why. So I've kind of just had to learn how to deal with that. But it definitely affects things. I would be interested in photography. I loved it. And I think after that happened, I, I lost a lot of interest in a lot of the things that I liked. Because without being able to see colour, it affected them a lot with like art and, and photography, as I said. But I've recently got into them again. I think I've kind of just learnt that I have to live with it. Has there be any, been anything that
1: has helped your eyesight and even your colour blindness? Like, anything that's helped you see colours? I don't know if there is a strange question, <laughs> but like you see in colour
0: blind um, glasses and all. Like, have you got anything like that there? uh no it's it's a good question um I definitely I, I think when I was younger for like in primary school I, I took a lot but I got an iPad so I can uh, download things on that to help me zoom in and some a lot of my uh, books would have a lot thicker lines because the skinnier ones I couldn't see they were too thin um and then just in general I've got a lot of help but uh I think more like with I've I think recently like with the color blindness, I've got more help with it like mentally. Where I started studying too, and I started doing photos and stuff, and I think it helped me kind of realize like okay, maybe the things that I'm not I'm interested in don't have to completely go away, and I can continue doing them. And just by starting doing them again has helped me a lot with kind of accepting that. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not my fault. Um, also, in with additional support for me personally, um, my family. When uh, when I was maybe six or seven, we started uh, sponsoring guide dogs, so we would help train them and give them off to people who were blind, and it would kind of help them get their lives back. I've been involved with um, the RNAB, which is a comp- company that helps people who have visual impairments whether it's total blindness or I don't know they have glasses or some, you know like reading glasses um, and they provided a lot for me on behalf of like academically but when I was younger I used to use a cane um, I started off with a simple cane so it wasn't the one that with the ball on the end that rolls it was just you just hold it and you kind of put it across your body so people were aware that you're not fully seeing and it just I think using that and kind of seeing that like there was kind of like a stigma where if you're not fully blind it's not the same or if you don't have a full cane clearly you're grand because many times like people would just walk straight into you or like knock it out of your hand or just not acknowledge it at all and eventually I got a full full cane um and i used that and i have to say there was a lot there was still people (laughs) standing on it a lot but there was definitely more people that would move out of your way um but no it's just i i mind when i was a wee bit younger i had a beeper for drinks so if i was pouring a drink uh and the water hit the little beeper it would beep to kind of be like okay you're gonna over over uh fill this and like using it in public was like the dirtiest looks ever you'd be like okay right can't see it's not my fault but okay <laughs> what challenges do you face with your visual impairment um i think a lot like academically i think because f- for a good while in schools i didn't be provi- provided with the help that i needed i didn't kind of get that extra help of like a classroom assistant or books with thicker lines or i didn't really get recognized with that for a long time so that was very hard um and I think still now recently I, I definitely struggle I get kind of more tired and uh, it's definitely more exhausting but I think I always struggled with like kind of accepting the fact that like with my glasses my glasses make my eyes very big and I was always different from everybody else and I hated I didn't want to accept that and kind of be like right okay I see different from other people so I would never tell a a teacher or a classroom assistant when I was struggling and then I feel like as well for me and it mightn't be for everybody I felt as though because I wasn't fully blind people had it worse than me so there was no point in complaining and there's no point in saying but now I kind of know that it it doesn't matter who has it worse or who has it better if you're struggling you need to say something you need to tell them like oh I can't can't see this or can't do this because people they do they will help you and I think with people my same the same age as me always I was kind of very awkward because I always thought that they saw me as weird but I've never had an experience where people have been kind of straight up rude uh besides from like tiny wains being like why are your eyes so big but um, (laughs) (laughs) you see it by now or people being like can I try on your glasses or, or saying that I'm like, oh, you're lucky because you have an iPad. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, like, can't see, but I get an iPad, so I suppose I'm lucky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Cashlyn, for explaining how
0: tough some of these things were. It must have not have been easy. Thank you very much for giving me a- an opportunity to talk about it. Definitely not something that I would have done before, but I'm I'm happy to talk about it. I think we need more people kind of stand it up and kind of get a better understanding of it. Aye, I,
1: Cashlyn, be- I agree with you, you know. I do believe that more awareness must be given out and all. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Cashlyn. Thank you, Cashlyn. That oh, was a great interview, Cashlyn. I really learned a lot from that. Thanks for doing the interview
0: and sharing your experience. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for wanting to learn more about visual impairments. We also caught up with Danny Quigley this week, who recently gave us funding which allowed us to buy new equipment, better mics, and helped enable us to carry on the work we do with our podcast to raise awareness about mental health. Let's have a little listen to his interview.
1: Hello everybody, and welcome to Spill the Tay. I'm Hannah. And I'm fun And tonight we're here with Danny Quigley. Alright Danny, so uh, tell us a wee bit about yourself.
3: So my name's Danny Quigley, and last year I did 10 Ironman in 10 days. And we raised £110,000 for charity. And we donated the money to the Bogside and Brandwell Health Farm and pay house. And from that then we created the Danny Quigley Grant, which we give away £20,000 to uh, local charities and mental health organisations like this. So this is why I'm here tonight.
1: What got you interested in mental health?
3: So in two thousand and eleven, my daddy died from suicide. Ever since then, I always wanted to do a fundraiser or some sort of charity event to raise money and awareness for suicide. So that's that was my sort of reasoning for for getting involved in mental health. That was the main the main thing.
4: So Dan, what is an Ironman challenge?
3: So an Ironman's a triathlon. Have you ever swam in the arena? Or yeah. Or yeah. I? It's 152 lengths, that's what it is, that's what the swim uh, distance is. So I had to do that 152 times. And then the bike, so the bike went from Arena, out past Benone Beach, down to Downhill where Musselndam Temple is, back again and then back out again and then back again. And then the run ends a marathon. So a triathlon's a, a 2.4 mile swim, um, 112 mile bike and then a 26.2 mile run. And that's what one Ironman is. So we did ten of them over the ten days.
1: I'm gonna say you need some cardio help for that. There,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I'd never be able to do that, honestly.
3: <laughs> Aye, you could. You could.
1: Uh, oh well, I could. <laughs> Just saying, right now my cardio definitely isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, did you
4: experience any physical pain throughout this process?
3: Definitely fun. I, um I had pain in my hip. I had pain in my calf, but. I had, like, proper, like, toothache pain. Have you ever had a toothache?
1: Aye. Aye. Aye?
3: Not yeah. good, correctly. Aye. <laughs> I had, like, a toothache pain and deep in my hip. And then, imagine, like, you've got that toothache, and then you're, like, biting on a like a bar of chocolate, like a chump, right on that tooth. That's the way it sort of felt. That's the best way I can describe it for each step after then. So there was really, uh, it was painful. Like, the mental... The mental side of it was I had I had like a wee thing that I used to play in my head that whenever I woke up in the morning, I said, if I can drive the van to the pool, then that would be the day done. So before I, before I went and started the swim in the morning, so I started the, the, the swim at about 6 o'clock in the morning, I was up at around 20 past 5, and then I would drive the van to the pool and then I wouldn't have to look at the van then the rest of the day. So it was just drive the van to the pool. And I says to myself, if I can drive the van to the pool, that's it done. So that would be a day done. And I just had that mental thing playing in my head the whole time. Mentally, that was my sort of trick, me tricking my, my, my mind into thinking that the day was done as soon as I made the first step of the day. And, um, but like having a mental effect during... There was always sort of times where I felt like falling asleep. Like There was times where I could have just fell asleep in a split second. Like if I had a lay down on the floor, I would have fell asleep on the bike, on the run, no matter what. I was just, was that mentally exhausted. Do you ever sort of be like up late at night and you'd be watching a, a film and you just feel like your eyes are going to go to sleep? Yeah. You're just yeah. going to fall asleep. I don't know, I, I have to like turn off everything and then I fall asleep. I felt like that a lot of the time where I felt like my eyes were just going together, like on the bike whilst I was on the bike, whilst I was running, not so much on the water, I don't know why. Um, but definitely on the bike, that's the kind of feeling that just lasted the whole day. So you were feeling like if I close my eyes, I'll fall asleep. That that was something that I had to sort of try and get over mentally.
1: So Danny, have you personally struggled with mental health?
3: I, Hannah, I think it's it's something that we we all have struggled with mental health at some stage. But what I try to do is always try and keep myself busy. So I'm like I'm very uh, physically active. Like I I own a gym and that would be my work. But I try and do as many um expand like classes and like just keeping myself really busy by doing physical activity to keep my mental health at a, at a good, nice, steady level and a nice, steady state so that I'm not struggling as such, but I'm always conscious and always looking after my mental health. It's something that I've incorporated into my life a lot and I would really highly recommend anybody who's listening to do the same and look after their own mental health through activities that they enjoy doing. So, like, um, listening to podcasts, going out for walks, um, doing anything at all that is... Positive makes a positive impact on their own mental health, so I think it's definitely something that I haven't personally struggled. But I would say, through looking after it, is the reason why I haven't struggled with mental health. But I'm always conscious of it, and I'm always sort of looking at at keeping on top of my mental health. I think it's really good that you guys are able to even talk about that because it's a difficult topic to talk. It's a difficult topic to talk about, and I think. Uh, just by like hearing you talk in there it makes me really it makes me really feel proud. Like if you had have came on to my school, like I went to St Joe's, um, If you had have came on to my school ten years ago and you had asked me, was I uh, struggling with my mental health? I would have just given you a straight answer, no. I would I probably wouldn't even say anything. I probably have says no, I'm alright. Do you know what I mean? And I think like slowly, as the years go on. It's, it's becoming more common that, that the youth of today are opening up a wee bit more about it and talking about their mental health and not feeling as if they need to hide it.
1: I it's starting to get a wee bit more normalized now. Like, it's still a topic that a lot of people feel uncomfortable They bring up. like Certain parts of my mental health I don't even feel comfortable bringing up. It's good that people can talk about it and all now, but there's just definitely. certain aspects that definitely no one would ever feel comfortable bringing up.
3: Definitely. And that's what that's what we're here for tonight, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> one last question. Um what's one piece of advice you would give to anyone, not just a young person, absolutely anyone who is struggling with mental health?
3: Yeah. So I think they would, I would break it on these sort of two aspects. Whether they feel suicidal or whether they're asking for mental health, what can they do to improve? It the the mental health side of it looking after yourself I would give them a really strong piece of advice to be selfish and what I mean by be selfish is whenever people hear that word they kind of think it's a bad negative word um, what are you doing being selfish all the time you know, that's the sort of thought that people think but what I mean by being selfish is really looking after yourself so make time for yourself to do the things that you love doing that would be my one piece of advice for anybody who's um, looking for mental health uh, sort of improvements and ways in how to improve their mental health. Anybody who's feeling suicidal, my advice would be go see your doctor and not be afraid to do so and not be afraid to tell people that you're feeling that way. You no, know, the more we accept these conversations the more people will come forward and come out and talk about it. So that would be my that would be my advice. Uh, so look after yourself, be selfish. Don't be don't be afraid of being selfish if it's got a positive outcome for everybody.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's some very good advice that honestly I actually even take into account there. I will have to take that information. Just be
4: selfish.
3: Yeah. As long as it's no as long as your selfishness is going to create um a positive outcome like I think like the best way of me putting it on this sort of picture form is imagine you have a basket of food and you've given all your food out and you've no food left to eat yourself. Then over time you're going to starve, you're going to you're not, you're not going to be able to function and you're not going to be able to do things the right way. So if you go out and collect food, have your own butt and then give out whatever's left. Then over time, you can help people a lot more as you go through your life. But if you just keep giving everything out and having nothing for yourself, looking after yourself, feeding yourself, giving yourself good mental health, Then there's nothing left to give to anybody else. So I think it's really important to be selfish to the point where you're not being selfish all the time.
4: So thank you, Danny, for uh, coming in and doing this interview with us. Like, thanks for your time and advice. It will surely like help a lot of people.
3: Brilliant. And thank you. And thank you, Hannah, for your time. It's been a pleasure. And any time at all going forward, I'm here.
1: Thank you so much for coming on, Danny. Thanks for coming on, Danny. I really enjoyed that. Next up, we have our Just For Laughs section. This week, we're playing a game of Would You Rather.
5: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just For Laughs. I'm your host for today, Rhys, and I'm joined by... Cara. Aaron. And Finn. And today we'll be playing a game of Would You Rather. Who would like to start? Me. Cara, your first question is, would you rather be really rich but have no friends or have loads of friends and just about get by on a minimal amount of money?
2: Be really rich and have no friends.
5: That is actually kind of sad, Cara. <laughs> that is like, he's going to ditch everybody, right? Okay. I respect the grind, though. Okay, <laughs> Aaron, what about you? Would you rather be really rich, have no friends... Or have a lot of friends, but just get by.
6: See, if I could uh ask every one of my friends for a pound every week, you would
2: have five pound. <laughs> but
6: in uh, this hypothetical, you. But this is hypothetically that I have more than five friends, right? If I asked them all for a pound a week, then I would be making slightly more than minimum wage. Therefore, I would pick friends because uh the power of friendship. What about you, fun? What do you think?
4: Minimum wage, oh. but with friends. I don't have friends, so I want, f- I, 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 want some friends. You'd
5: like a nice change in your life?
4: Yes, I like a nice change.
5: Personally, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the people around you. When you're broke, so I'm going for the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'll, I'll
6: go with the friends. Next question: Would you rather sit in a bath of spiders for ten minutes, or a bath of snakes?
4: It depends. Are you wearing shorts?
6: Commando. No shorts.
4: Personally, I do not want spiders or snakes going up my buttocks. See. So, I do. <laughs>
5: um, that's where me and you duffer here.
4: <laughs> Fair enough. It it well it depends on how long the snake is, but
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> snakes because s- spiders. There there will be a lot more spiders, and a lot more. Legs going around me then I would want hmm.
5: I'd probably go Spiders I feel like the spiders would be Like You know The snakes you might just be in Fear the whole time I feel like the spiders You'd just be like Ugh! Whereas the snakes you just be screaming Like One of them opens your mouth You're dead
4: Sna- Snakes only attack If they're f- feeling Threatened
5: I know so they see you naked That's scary
4: <laughs> Fair enough Nobody wants to see that But uh <laughs>
2: I'd probably go for snakes, just because, like, snakes, they're like spiders, they would just crawl all over you and there would constant, constantly be, like, really fast movement. But, like, snakes are, like, they move a wee bit slower.
6: In my opinion, I would rather be in a bath of snakes. Because snakes are cute. I like snakes. They feel like a beanbag.
2: Not, they're not <laughs> cute. Fair enough. Good answer, Ari. So I'm, I'm the odd
5: one out here.
6: I've held many snakes in my time, and they were all pretty friendly.
2: Next question, would you rather have a condition where you sneeze every five minutes or a condition where you have to fart every five minutes?
5: So, either be someone with allergies or be iron.
6: <laughs> I picked the second option because nothing changed.
5: Personally, I'll go for the, the sneeze because I don't think that would be that bad. Unless like it, it starts to hurt your ribs at some point.
4: Personally, I will go for the fart because A, 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 have you ever had the feeling where you need to sneeze? Imagine having that every five minutes. Here's the sure, thing: At least with farting people will eventually know that it's you and know to wear nose pugs. But sneezing's disruptive and you'll
5: Here's die. Thankful. I I have a really cool sneeze.
2: Well, like, I wouldn't wanna like fart every five minutes, but with like a sneeze. Every single time you sneeze, like you're waiting for the second sneeze and if the second sneeze doesn't come, your nostrils feel strange and it's the worst feeling ever so i probably choose a fart option.
6: Next question. Would you rather be able to read anybody's minds or see into the future?
4: Well, I'm going to answer that first. If reading people's minds, if people find out you would be considered a very creepy guy or girl, you would be considered... A very strange uh, individual. individual. <laughs> Unless it was like, I could be a mind reader or like a sorcerer, in a t- tall castle who mentors Mickey the Mouse.
5: I go see into the future, because first of all, I'm afraid of what some people will think. I feel like, like if I could see in the other people's heads, I think some of them would scare me. I'd be like, what? and then like you'd go say to somebody, yo, they're thinking that. How, how do you explain that? Oh, I just read their mind. You can't. You're just stuck with that information for the rest of your life. However, you're in the future. You can go, guess what? Uh, this is going to happen. This is when. And then they go, when? How do you know this? I go, I can tell the future. Prove it. Okay, that's going to fall over in 10 seconds. It falls over in 10 seconds.
2: I would probably choose the end of the future because, like, some people, obviously, like, you don't want to know their opinions of you because some people can like think really like horrible things about you and like obviously if they're not able to say it to your face then there's no need for you to know it and some things that people think like you just sh- it's something that other people shouldn't know it's something that should be kept private like it just depends on the specific thing but if you looked into the future it'd like if you were like reading a book and you could like go to the last few pages just to see how the book ends just to make sure that everything's going to be okay then you could like prevent someone if it would cause like sadness in your life or you can cause something that would make you happier in your life so it would be more beneficial to you to be able to see into the future rather than read people's horrible thoughts about you
6: so what i have here is like a multi-stage plan on how to become really rich and how to become the greatest fighter ever m- imagined right so you pick the see into the future ability right so if you can just see if you join mma right or whatever fighting league you join right you can like see into the future see what way that they're going to hit you and when and dodge it so they can physically never hit you then you become the greatest of all time in mma or whatever league you want to do and then you get major money no question
4: dun, 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 dun. Would you rather be able to fly or be invisible?
5: Oh my god, this is a this is something that is very often debated in the podcast, and I'm just saying, flying, flying, invisible. All right, like what are you going to do if you pick invisible? I feel like you're going to do some weird, something weird. Think of it this way: Oh, I'm feeling like I want to visit the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> you're at the Eiffel Tower now because you can fly. Invisible (laughs) I'm gonna sneak on a boat Like what 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 are you gonna do (laughs) I'm gonna sneak And see my exam results Why Why need exam results When you can literally Just fly anywhere Like oh Libby Oh no Something's happening Let me go to Germany I'm going to Germany now I now have a life in Germany Oh What's your What's your job What What do you do I fly You're gonna get any job Because they want The guy that flies Oh he's good at nothing But guess what He's got wings on his back you think they're not gonna choose you? Fly. It, it, there's nothing that invisibility can do that flying can do better.
2: I would choose to be invisible because if you were invisible, then you would have no need to fly because you could literally just go on a plane and just fly wherever you wanted. And another thing That's if you were if you were invisible, you could go into people's houses and throw things at them and watch them tremble in fear <laughs> how enter no that would be the most entertaining thing what are you gonna Get do on a sunday no. night you don't want to go to school tomorrow go to your teacher's house and throw random crap at them until they literally poo themselves and then they just like have this traumatic experience and then they don't go into school tomorrow or if you're in class you could just go in and whenever like during lunchtime and find one of your teachers and just start touching them until they leave the school building <laughs> like
5: car I'm very scared sitting beside you. But, like, think of it this way. Oh, you're afraid of a test coming up. Just fly away. <laughs> Just uh, fly in can
6: save all your problems. Someday. People say run away from your problems. Nah, fly. Personally, I would want to fly. Because if I had joined the CIA, right, I would be the most prized spy in, in the world, right? Because there's no government base that ca- I can't get in. Because... No matter how high their walls are, I can fly over them
5: exactly
4: also, I can get
6: in there they can't can 't stop me
4: A popular opinion here I want to be i want to, want to be fly because if I was invisible, it would just be strange if I knew people were invisible, then I would never get changed ever again. I would be scared that there was just some person some old man in Sankara. my room some invisible old man in my room watching as i change into my pajamas i would be so scared but like if i if i knew mean people could fly oh i'd be God. fine you have to do your english test no way i'm a, i'm a, i'm away in malibu
5: no I, I, that's a good point right say do you know when like there's a wee bit of a breeze in your house and that door closes if you know but there are people who can turn invisible because you turn invisible. I swear to God, I would never sleep again if a door were to close with the wind. If someone were to be like, oh, by the way, someone can fly. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I hope that ha- happens to me. If someone goes, oh, there's invisible people. lad, I'm I'm never sleeping. That was a very heated debits to today. Uh, thank you for coming to just for laughs. More like just for shouting at each other. But, uh, you know, we gotta we got to mix it up here and there, you know, just to keep you on your toes.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spilled Hey podcast. I'm Cashlyn. And I'm Josh. And thank you for listening.
2: Bye. (laughs) Peace out.